there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's that voice. That means that's this week. Uh, on a Tuesday, a little scheduling snafu yesterday with the holiday. Too many kids in too many places. Uh, as we welcome you back in the Nebraska Preps post game with my man Jacob Padilla. How about yesterday, though, on a Monday, spending time at UBT watching three-on-three, which actually was a little bit better than I thought, and a very crowded facility. How about that on an off day for kiddos that are enjoying the holiday playing hoops man there were a lot of kids in the gym yesterday honestly three on three is probably a great thing for young basketball players to be able to develop those on-ball skills they give you a little bit more space to work with in the half court so a lot of two-man games yesterday yeah a lot of that stuff so i mean i i like three on three um i'm you always prefer five on five if you can get it, but if short numbers like three on three is uh, a lot of fun too, because again, you just get to touch the ball so much, you get to make more decisions. Uh, I think that's a great thing that OSA and uh, other I've seen other places do it too that have those kind of youth yeah. three on three tournaments and leagues that um, that, that just that's, I think it's a nice supplement for development. Uh, Man, there had to be seventy five teams <laughs> yesterday. I mean, it seemed like there were three on three kiddos everywhere coming off a pretty interesting. Week, um, I mean, you you could be Plattview coming off kind of a grind, the back end of a grind schedule. You could be Bellevue West or Miller North trying to establish yourself. Um, Northeast coming off a very tough week schedule. Um, it's it's stiffened up a little bit. Um, or you could be Beatrice in a pretty decent spot as the dust kind of settles. Maybe they are better than we thought they were. There's a lot going on. I, I think we got to start, though, with uh, kind of the missed opportunity for the kind of the top end Lincoln schools, particularly on Saturday. And you look at those top four seeds in, in the hack tournament um, with. Um, yeah, Southwest was one. Yeah, East Southwest was two. East, Pius three. And Northeast four. And so uh, Pius did win on Saturday, uh, like 74 38 over Bryant, but. They lost to Lincoln High the day before, I believe. Yeah. So that is a huge loss for a team that, yeah, they, they kind of struggled out of the gates, but they played a really tough schedule to open it. That's a loss that you can't afford to have if you want to be a, a state tournament contender. And they dropped out of the top 10 rankings after that loss. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because I think it's already going to be tough enough to one through three of the teams that are ranked at the top of Class A if – if kind of favorites hold, I mean, you'll be within percentage points of one another. Wildcard points will be hard to come by. It could be highly, highly competitive on that back end if you don't win your district. That We'll see if that one comes back to loom large for Pius. Yep. Um, but So they, they drop that one and then bounce back. But everybody else on Saturday, you have 
we mentioned Lincoln East or Lincoln Northeast, big opportunity against uh, Miller North, and the, the Mustangs handled that one, seventy-one fifty-five. Uh, they won, and it wasn't a a spurt. It was just they won every single quarter by three to six points. I thought that was a pretty impressive win. Um, watched that a little bit, and just the way that they did it. You and I were kind of talking off, um, off pod. That just kind of goes to show you at some point you need every team needs a guy that can go get you buckets, right? Like a guy. It just helps if you have them. And Northeast has a lot of nice complimentary pieces, but every now and again you just need a you need a bucket getter or a cut stopper that can kind of stop the bleeding. Yeah, Northeast shot thirty nine percent from the field, uh, including ten of twenty nine inside the arc. So that goes back. They actually shot okay from three, but. Um, they just didn't have any source of consistent, easy offense against that Miller North defense. And you talk about a guy that can go get you a bucket. How about a guy that can go get you everything? Uh, Jason Green, here's his stat line from that game. 28 points, 11 of 15 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 5 of 8 from the line, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 7 blocks. Like Just absolutely stuffing the stat sheet. He's one of the very few, maybe he and Trout, uh, every time they step on the court, there isn't really going to be anybody else yes. like them, and he's coming off a he's coming off a really good stretch. It's between he and PJ Davis, um, two guys playing at a high high level the last four or five and, games out, and we'll get to that in a momentary. But David Harmon, thirteen points, six assists, six boards, just kind of continuing to be that that. Uh, he's, a, side he's an interesting guy Green. to cap, right? Because yeah. he hasn't really shot it really well from the field, but he's a good enough player to command attention, especially when he's getting downhill and kind of with the dribble drive kick he just hasn't had a lot of clean looks at it or a lot of guys that are making open shots once he does get it kicked out yeah and um you you mentioned pj davis and the run that he's on we can jump ahead to that uh, omaha central went to lincoln east on saturday and pulled out a 60 47 win i was at that one uh central knocked down the first five threes including three from jane dawson um they jumped out to a 19 to 6 lead East used a 12-0 run in the third quarter to get that thing down to four again. And it was, uh, they got it down to four uh, on a three by Carter, Temple, Carter Templemeyer in the fourth quarter and had another look from Templemeyer in the corner just a little bit long. as right on line, just rimmed out, and that would have cut it to one. And at that point, East just kind of fell apart. They ran out of gas, 13-0 run from Central to, to essentially finish it. So uh, East was right in there, but again, they couldn't quite get over the hump. They couldn't get enough offense from other guys. Um, they, they just weren't weren't efficient. There was nobody that, was, that could quite step up and give them consistent buckets when they needed it. But Central, um, you got uh, East finished with 47 points. Uh, Davis and Dawson combined for 45 by themselves. And That's the second time in almost as many weeks, too, where we've seen Jaden Dawson get off to some torrid starts yeah. to start the games. And so he knocked down three threes right out the gates. He finished with 20 uh, and five assists in the second quarter. He kind of was playing distributor as uh, East switched to a, a zone there uh, and were kind of marking him. And Davis uh, got hot. Uh, and he, he took a lot of shots, but he scored a lot of points too. Uh, he fit, I think he scored 13 in the second quarter, finished with 25. And um, he has just been on a tear lately. His last four, he's averaging 27 a game. On 53% from the field, 39 from three, and 92 from the line. <laughs> That's pretty good. Before this last four-game stretch, he had two 20-point games his entire a career. career. Yeah. One earlier this year, and then one during his freshman year. Now that's four in a row. If he is a consistent 20 a game, 
that changes that team dramatically. If he's more consistent than he is just kind of ups and downs, and then you get just enough because we've seen they, they played a different lineup. Um, they had, rotation was different than what we saw at, at the Metro Holiday Tournament with, with different guys starting, different guys playing off the bench. Uh, DeAndre Brody didn't even play until garbage time. They had um, other guys kind of step up there uh, into the rotation. Um, so it's a little bit different team, uh, but I, I think if they can get enough out of that supporting cast and continue to get good production out of Dawson and Davis, uh, they, they're looking like that, that clear number four team at this point. Yeah, and that's the one team for the last, I think, couple times you and I have met that I said I, I wouldn't enjoy playing. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, because they're capable any night out to beat any of the top three teams uh, in the Metro, and they're also capable of losing to anybody on the back end too, but I mean they're sitting in a really good spot, it, and they'll have a good one. They'll have a big one tonight against Miller North. You know, something will give between two guys that are streaking in the right direction between with PJ Davis and, and Jason Green. I want to go back to Lincoln here just for a second because uh, we're trying to parse through right. Northeast ran into the bus saw with their schedule this past weekend. Uh, you know, Pius drops to Lincoln High, even though they split on the weekend. Southwest gets beat in overtime That's by Gretna, who, and you could, again, you could make the case outside of maybe Westside and you, and maybe more so than Westside, Gretna may have the best wins of any team in the top 10 because that Southwest they've gotten, they've gotten prep, uh, they've beaten Bellevue West. Now they have some losses, obviously, but they, Gretna has some really quality wins. How would you sort through Lincoln before we move to the Metro Metro as it stands today? Yeah, that was a 59-54 win for Gretna. That was the other one I mentioned, the top four season hack that we hadn't got to yet. And, I mean, that that's a that's a big loss <laughs> for uh, Southwest as a team that, again, is trying to establish itself as a, 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 kind of the king of Lincoln. And... Um, it, it was, let's see, where was it? Um, it was 43-38 Southwest after three quarters. Yeah. And Gretna won the fourth quarter by five to get it to overtime, and then they shut them out 5 nothing in the extra four minutes. So that's not a great look. You, you look at um, Southwest, and in that game, Lucas Helms and Ryland Smith, um, arguably their two more, most talented guards. I, I think um, Ben Hunziker is kind of a do-everything uh, and, he, and he had a, a, dec- a pretty good game, scored 18. But I think Smith and Helms are kind of their most creative offensive scorers in the backcourt. And he had those two com- guys combined for 13 points on 17 shots. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, just, Ryland Smith, just two of seven from the floor. He just he just strikes you as the type of person that's got to get more looks than that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, seven shots, uh, seven shots, three assists. That's probably not. Like he he's a talent he's a more talented player than that. You need to find a way to get more out of him. He's got to step up and play bigger. Um, you talk about guy who steps up, Landon Pekorski, um, sophomore for Gretna this week. Two twenty point games. Um, they, they beat Millard South on Thursday. He had twenty four, um, and uh, against Southwest he had twenty three and eight boards. You got. Uh, Alex Wilcoxon added 14 yeah. points in each of those games. He was 7 of 13 from 3 last week. Um, it, really, they, they didn't get a ton of offensive production outside of them. Uh, um, I mean, maybe Jansen. But yeah, he had a little bit, but uh, they just, um, th- those two, and they're they're getting pretty tough on defense. And again, um, I, they don't necessarily want to control the pace to the same degree that they have recently with some of these guys younger. Like, I think they want to turn Pekorski and those guys loose a little bit to get some transition looks. 
but they're still going to fight on defense. They're still going to be yeah. well coached on that end with, with Bill Hurd and uh, Coach Feek in there uh, running that show. So um, Gretna's really kind of coming on strong. They're 8-4 and four now. Um, again, this was, that was a really good win for them down uh, at Lincoln. And it, it, it leaves you kind of wondering, all right, so who is the best team? Because basically at this point, they've all either beat each other or well, they have all beat each other and then lost some other opportunities to really say, hey, we belong in that top group with the best from the Omaha Metro. And Saturday kind of proved that, well, you, they've got some good teams, but they're not where they need to be just yet to be in that top tier. Um, before we completely move on from Lincoln, do you look at upside or do you look at consistency? Consistency you may give to Northeast. Upside you may look to Pius. Yeah, either Pius or Southwest. I just it's hard for me to discern between yeah Southwest and Pius. I still think so. The difference is, and it's the same for both teams. They got to f- figure out some consistency in the backcourt, right? Is Ryland Smith going to be your distributor? You need him to score, but he's going to be one of your primary ball handlers too. And then how does how who does Pius run that offense through? Yeah, and uh, looking at the Lincoln High loss, it was a fifty six fifty four game. Uh, Jared Board, 13 on 5 of 15 shooting. Jack Hostrider, so, so 12 on 4 of 13. And Sam Hostrider, 14 on 7 of 9. That's just not the way that <laughs> needs to go. And you look at turnovers. Uh, Sam had 4. Jack had 4. Boer had 0. Uh, but he only had 2 assists as well. So, like, that's just not the way that they need to operate. You got it. Yeah, especially on 15 yeah. shot attempts. You, you got to redistribute the, those shot attempts. You got to play through your better players. And then in turn, those secondary guys will be more effective if they're getting better looks yeah. instead of looking for their shot first. Like, you got to let the game come to you a little bit more. You got to, and that's, okay, we've talked about that multiple times with this team so far. And that's kind of part of why they've been so up and down. Um, if they kind of settle into to who they probably should be. Maybe they've got a better chance of being what we thought they were coming into the year, but um, I'd probably give the nod to Lincoln Southwest. We can circle back. Uh, I think they got a big one. Southwest and Lincoln Northeast are playing on Thursday, Thursday. I think, um, considering going down for that one. But I think that'll that'll tell us a lot. Kind of, um, it'll be a good game for either one of those teams to like kind of stake their claim for uh, the top of the city right now. Um, as we jump back to the Metro, we talked Central and. Miller North, uh, Bellevue West, kind of just feeling it along, feeling it along. Impressive performance against a a team in Omaha North that's kind of hard to figure out, um, especially offensively, right? You, you think you're going to get a little bit more from Daron Thomas. Mason, you know, Strong has been consistent, uh, kind of been a volume guy, but um, they have some key pieces there. Keyshawn Williams played well against Bellevue West. Uh, how do you kind of look at the T-Birds uh, coming off this last week's stretch? Yeah, and they only had one game because their Friday game got postponed uh, against Benson. So that was a 71-57 win against Omaha North. And side notes are just another 19 points, nine boards, four assists. But I think the story for that game was Jacob Arote, uh playing his first varsity game, yeah. nine points, nine boards uh, off the bench for them. So um, pr- pretty solid debut um, a- as a T-Bird. And... Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what he changes in terms of how they play, what they do with their bench. Robbie Garcia uh, filled in admirably as, as a freshman, uh, as as a backup five, had some really good uh, stretches during that stretch, uh, during um, the first part of the season when Arope was uh, not eligible, but now he is. And um, obviously we know he's, he's a talented player. He adds a lot of size and, and strength uh, in the post and gives them a, a little bit different look um, than maybe they had before. 
Yeah, uh, it's be interesting to see. You know, the more minutes he plays, um, you know, who's doesn't who doesn't because it's not just as easy as saying, you know, Garcia, right? Because they have to get in that rotation. There are those guards too, whether they play, you know, four out, one, you know, however they want to play. It's not just necessarily a one for one in terms of minutes. Well, either. and uh, they they have played basically what Cassio Jensen has kind of the backup four behind Inselman uh, and gone with the the four guard look uh, off the bench. They could, depending on matchups, they could play Garcia at the four next to a rope off that bench if they're yeah. playing some bigger teams that they want to try that. Um, Garcia can stretch it a little bit, knock down a jumper or two, so that's an option they have. Uh, see where a rope's partner in crime, Turner, fits in too, yeah. because, I mean, there's some minutes there. If you're going with, with um, Cassio Jensen and Stuvi and Jaden Jackson, uh, you already know about Josiah Dotzler. Those minutes be hard to come by. Uh, and again, they, they've gone 10 deep basically al- almost every single game um, outside of when they haven't had 10, uh, all, all yeah, 10 rotation TK players Barnett, on the bench. I mean. <laughs> uh, it seems like that's going to continue to be the story for them. We'll, we'll see once we get to state tournament time, does that tighten up a little bit, kind of how that emerges? But regular season-wise, they're as deep as anybody, and, and they're, they're playing that way. It, it is. I, I saw uh, Mike Sauter sent me kind of the ballot for um, his most recent coaches poll, and uh, the top five was unanimous. It, it was everybody, uh, West Side, Miller North, Bellevue West, Central, and then Creighton Prep at five. That was basically uh, across the board, all the votes. Um, so it really has, again, after the struggle struggles that Lincoln had this past week and the missed opportunities there to crack into that top five, uh, I think that's a pretty clear five right now. The, the question is, I think, Prep with their health issues, and they struggled uh, to get by uh, Fremont last week, their only game at 52-46, and that was tied after three quarters. Um, so Manufacturing points for them, is, it's, it's been tough. And they've got, obviously, a, a big one coming up on Friday against Westside, one of the more fun rivalries in the Metro um, at, at Westside, I believe. Yeah, um, after I'll, taking it on yeah. the chin twice a year ago yeah. in that rivalry. Uh, Westside should be ready for that one as they get uh, a pesky Monarchs bunch tonight. And who knows what we're going to get in the backcourt from Papillion. But Westside's kind of settled in to, to how they do things. Yep. Um, so that's, I think we've kind of discussed the, the top eight, and that's been more or less the top eight most of the season. Um, this week, uh, Elkhorn South is at nine, and um, Papio South is at 10. Uh, I went down and saw Elkhorn on Saturday, Elkhorn South win in overtime, another overtime game for them uh, at Lincoln North Star. Um, and it's kind of the same thing where uh, they just, they've got so much balance. They don't have one guy that necessarily is going to give you 20, 25 a game. Mm-hmm. Alec Noonan is capable, as we saw in that South game, it had 33, but for the most part, they're going to have three, four guys in double figures kind of leading the way in that uh, like 10 to 10 to 14 type of range. Um, they're going to play a lot of guys, and um, that's kind of how they've been winning. Uh, Noonan came up clutch in overtime at North Star, hit all six of his free throws, and then got a, uh, it looked like he got a hand on the potential game, tying three at the buzzer and forced a wild miss. Um, so they, they got a win, and that's another uh, Lincoln North Star team that um, they've got some pieces, but I think they're still trying to figure it out. They've got some players that are kind of growing in, into their roles and trying to, to evolve as players. If you had to parse through, let's go to the back end. Uh, if you had to parse through them, and we'll get to Papio South here in a second, but Papio South, Gretna, and maybe Elkhorn South, right? I mean, those are 
those are probably somewhere between seven and nine, eight through ten, depending on where you like Lincoln Southwest above or behind Gretna. I, I'd assume you have to put Gretna ahead of Southwest because of the head to head. But yeah, Northeast at six, Gretna seven, Southwest at eight is how it, the poll is this week. So how do you parse through Papio South, Gretna, or excuse me, Papio South and Elkhorn South? Yeah, um, I think Elkhorn South is kind of the more the deeper, more well-rounded team. Um, they are eight and four at this point, and again, they've got two overtime wins, so that kind of shows some of the resiliency and the toughness they have. Um, Papio South, they're really young, but they've got kind of the one difference maker in Daniel Brokale, um, the, obviously the best player of kind of these these uh, top end of the top ten teams that we're talking about. Uh, he's Scored in 20-plus in six straight games, including 33 um, against Omaha Central in that loss. Um, and these aren't all against bottom feeders. Like, he's got a Bellevue West game in there, a Millward North game in there, a Carney game in there, obviously that Central game. Uh, so it's, he's not just beating up on bad teams. He's got eight 20-point games in total. He's five double-doubles this season. Does uh, the 43% shooting from the field bother you a little bit? So the, the thing there is it's the three-point shooting. It's not where it normally is for him. He's a 36 38% shooter um, throughout his career, and that's down um, well below that this season. And as is kind of, kind of the foul shooting has been interesting for yeah. him too from the foul line. I, I think part of that is he's having to create more for himself, and he, it's, some of those attempts are, are tougher um, than maybe he has previously, where he had some other guys to play off of and was more of a catch and shoot type of guy. Um, so that could be part of it, and then part of it could be just some early season variance. I think he'll probably shoot a little bit better as the season goes on, but I mean he's been efficient inside the arc. He's getting to the line. He's rebounding the ball. Uh, if that three ball does come around, like look look out for him to take off even more. But that, that is kind of what Papio South has. They're seven and five uh, right now. Uh, they pulled out a 56, 53 win against Carney uh, last week. And then they gave Miller North run for their money. 61, 58 in that one. Um, the Mustangs just couldn't, couldn't quite get anything going a season low 10 points for Jason green. So props to Papio South for their defensive game plan there. Um, and it was basically that they both hit seven threes. They both hit 14 twos. The difference was Miller North got to the free throw line a little bit, little bit more. Um, and Brokale at 24, Ian Medic at 18 in that game. So they gave themselves a chance. I, I like Medic, but and, pretty underappreciated. Yeah. And we, we talked in great, uh, great culture guy, great energy guy. But, um, in that game for Miller North, we talked, uh, we talked about them earlier, but the difference in the game was those sophomore guards off the bench and Isaiah McMorris with an efficient 13 and Eli Gaith with an efficient 11. And that's kind of where Miller North is. Uh, you've got the seniors in green and Harmon that have been um, consistent. And those are guys every single time. Uh, Nick Dolezal's there. They've got the variance of those sophomores, of Neil Mosser, of Eli uh, Gaith, of uh, Isaiah McMorris that can kind of go off at any point. And they're not going to be consistent. They're, they're, again, they're only sophomores. Um, they're playing their first consistent varsity minutes. Um, but they're capable. They're talented players. And if you get, like, they, they basically won them this game. If those guys don't do that, we could be looking at an upset here. So that's kind of the value of having talented players off the bench like Miller North has. Um, so th that's a, I mean, all things considered pretty solid week for Papio South. I think they, they earned that respect um, to crack the, the top, uh, the, the, the back end of the top 10 there. And they've got uh, a, a pretty tough week. They've got obviously the, the, the Papio rivalry uh, with the Monarchs on Friday. And then they go to Gretna on Saturday to close out the week with 
again, that's a chance to really prove themselves, to show that they belong solidly in that top 10 and right there with Gretna. Uh, before we leave, we or not leave, before we jump over to Class B, because they're kind of going in conjunction with the, the two-parter. Obviously, Westside just has had the one game against Omaha South, and uh, they won that in, in convincing fashion. Let me ask you about, because uh, you follow college basketball close and maybe South falls into that discussion, maybe it's somebody else, but is there a Memphis or a Michigan out there for you when you're kind of looking at how the first third of this season, almost half, has kind of shaken out? Is there a team where you're thinking, man, I really thought that they were going to be better or maybe the other way? And it's in Arizona where there's a team that's much better than the experts maybe gave them credit for early. Yeah, um, I, I think East and Lincoln East kind of look like the surprise on the positive end to, uh, to start the season. They've run into a little bit tougher schedule recently. Um, they were in that back in the top 10 mix for a bit there. I don't know if there's a surprise. I think Pius is probably the best comparison for uh, Memphis, if you say that they've got some really intriguing pieces, but they haven't really fit together yeah, and they've gelled. underperformed. That might be a perfect um, Memphis. Yeah, record. so I think Pius is probably the answer there. Because um, e- even Southwest, like a little disappointing, but uh, they're still sitting there at eight and three, and they've still got um, a talented roster with some young players that could get better as the season goes on. So um, I think probably Pius falls into in, into that, um, that comparison for me. Uh, let's hop over to B. And uh, I think the separator was obviously Beatrice and, and Ron Colley. Uh, but we probably better start with the big dog at the top in Omaha, Scott. They're just built different, right? And a lot of people throw that term around, but Scott is just built Literally, different. Yeah, you look at every other Class B <laughs> roster. And, they, and that's a team, again, that isn't even at full strength. They went to Ron Colley. We talked about it shorthanded. They, they were missing, obviously, Mitch Scholl, who's been out all season. Uh, Jack Healy, uh, listed at 6'9 now. It's another big body off the bench that they could have used that wasn't there. And, and Grant Dvorak, uh, one of their starters, one of their senior leaders, and, and still got that done. Um, so they just, they're a combination of size and perimeter talent and just the way that Coach Jurgens. Um, kind of develops that defensive mentality in that team. Like, they are so difficult to score on. Um, 66-44 win over Council Bluffs, Lewis Central. Uh, It was their one game last week. They're 11-0. And this week they got River City's tournament coming up. So we could see a a rematch with Ron Colley on Saturday. Um, Tonight, wait, no, that's next. So they they have Pius next week. Yes. Um, Which will be interesting because that's the one team – Shoot, Pius is the one team in Class A that is not like everybody else where yeah. they can go multiple 6'6 six, six guys yeah. uh, in the starting lineup. So I, that one's definitely got my attention, but I don't want to skip. We better yeah. not fast forward too. We'll far. talk about Yeah, we'll talk about that next. Or, um, let's, so Beatrice Ron Colley, Beatrice now sitting at number two behind Scott. Uh, thoughts? I uh, had their – had their only game last week postponed against Plasmith. So um, I think, I don't know that I haven't seen anything new that we haven't already talked about. It's kind of more at this point, they are uh, the last man standing, uh, considering some of the losses teams around them have taken. Obviously, uh, it's been a rough one for, for Platteview. They've kind of dropped down the last few weeks. Some tough schedule, but um, they haven't won uh, enough of those games. I think Bennington's on the rise, but they set themselves back w- with the losses early. I think Waverly's on the rise as well. Um, 
and, and but Roncalli, they after that they go to Millard West um, after having their Friday game against Mount Michael postponed and lose 54-69. On the one hand, it's Class B versus Class A. You don't want to penalize them too much. But on the other hand, uh, Millard West has uh, some significant uh, injury issues this year. They've, they're missing two guys that would be starting for them um, with season-ending injuries. Uh, it's a team that hasn't been great this year. So that one's kind of hard to, to evaluate how is that – a good loss, a bad loss is understandable, kind of what the deal was. I didn't get to see how it played out. But with that loss, they did drop down to number three at eight and three. And again, they'll have their shot at um, playing Scott again. Uh, the final is going to be at Sokol Arena again this year on Saturday at yeah. 630. Yeah, Millard West wins have come against Northwest, North, uh, Lincoln High, uh, Bellevue East, and Fremont. Yeah. So, so I, it was kind of, you know, but injuries have have – a lot like prep. Yeah. <laughs> kind of really set them back uh, behind the eight ball. I think probably uh, the story of Prasby right now, just uh, on the positive side, is Bennington. Um, they're s- sitting at 10-3 and three now after a win over Waverly on Monday. That was a big one. Kind of a little bit of a yeah. separator. Yeah, exactly. And they're a team that we were kind of excited about coming into the season, and then they had kind of the setbacks early. Um, I don't know, maybe coming off of football. Obviously, they got handled at Wahoo, um, Class C1. But they've played well recently, and they've, they're really starting to settle into Austin Holtz uh, is playing better than he was earlier in the season. He had 26 in their 73-60 win against South Sioux City uh, last week. Um, he had a good game on Monday against Waverly. Um, it was 66-59 win for, for the Badgers. Um, yeah, Holtz had 18 in that game. Trey Bird had 17 in this game, 17 last game. He's really kind of stepped into that, that number two scoring role. Uh, along with Holtz, and then they've got a lot of other guys that could jump up. Kesar, um, Isaac Connor had, had ten against Waverly. Uh, it's Seth good, it's good to see him healthy, uh, able to do things for an extended period of time. He's battled a lot of injuries throughout his career. Um, good, good two sport guy, good football and basketball player. It's good to see Isaac healthy contributing. He's he was talented as 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 a youngster. He's had a couple of leg issues, man, that have kind of really set him back a little bit. So, should, do we keep an eye on Aurora, or still too soon? Yeah, I, I think uh, that that back end of the, I mean, they're nine and four. McCook's eleven and three. Sydney's twelve and three. It's just hard to know. That's kind of the bottom. Uh, Sydney's seven or eight. McCook's nine. Aurora's ten. Just not having a get having the chance to see a lot of those kind of central Western teams uh, in person. It's hard to know what to make of them. Um, you got to respect the record at this point, but they haven't gotten a chance to play many of the, the other top teams to, to prove themselves uh, against kind of the best that we've seen um, kind of closer uh, to the Metro. But I think that top five, you've got, you mentioned Benjamin coming on strong. Waverly had really gotten onto or into a role um, until they met Benjamin. Yeah, 10 and four. Um, they had, Handled Elkhorn, Mount Michael. I mean, A.J. Heffelfinger had a heck of a week last week. 54 points in the two games, uh, 11 of 14 from three. Um, and they were uh, they beat uh, Seward 60-54 in their other game. Um, so they went 2-0 last week. And um, they're doing it without uh, Preston Harms, who's one of their better players as well, who kind of rolled his ankle and has been out. He wasn't able to play uh, against Bennington yesterday either so that's a big piece for them that that's been missing but Waverly is another team that we thought that we like coming into the year that kind of got off to a slow start but seems like they're um, getting into a little bit more of a role multi-sport athletes kind of yeah. transitioning too 
Exactly. So that's kind of the top five there. Uh, Scott's Bluff is at six right now at 12 and four. Um, they had went two and one last week. They, they handled uh, Ogallala, a good C1 team. Uh, and then they beat, they went one and one against a couple of Wyoming teams and never know what to make of um, them yeah, playing. Without being able to see. Uh, out, yeah, Colorado and Wyoming teams. But they're sitting at 12 and four. They got a game against Garing on Saturday. And then Platteview. <laughs> Surprising, I think. I, I don't think anybody would have expected him to be here at number seven uh, in the rankings this week. Uh, but and sitting, looking at five losses early, yeah, sitting there at nine and five, and um, was a rough one last week. They 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 went down and played basically an all C one schedule last week and went two and one. They lost forty two sixty two against Ashton Greenwood in the game that kind of featured the the best player in Class B against the best player in Class C one and. Uh, Kale Jacobson had triple double in that game, yeah. 18, 11, and ten. Big and strong, then, just a big strong <laughs> player, and, and and those guys figured out in a hurry, man. He can defend. Well, and, and they got yeah, exactly, and they got twenty from Brooks Kissinger in that game as well. So it's just kind of the depth of Ashton Greenwood going up against uh, Platteview, and this is a problem they ran into last week. You had Milken with twenty one, which is low for his standards. You had Ezra uh, um, at thirteen. Uh, and then Ezra Stewart at 13, um, and then um, Alex Draper at 7. Um, nobody it's, else scored. Michael or Weeblehouse did not score uh, zero points. They were 2 of 17 from 3 in that game. Yeah, it's interesting, right? You know, Milliken will go for his 26-27 a night, and then there's there's Draper and Weeblehouse. Stewart is the next closest at, at just a little over 5 a night. I think they're figuring out in a hurry. Teams are, I wouldn't say okay. They'll try to force Milliken to work as hard as he can to get his 28, 29, 30 uh, points because he's probably going to touch that. But it's basically to limit everybody else until they get some more help consistently. Yeah. That is. Well, uh, you mentioned thir- uh, then they go and lose against Wahoo, 57-67. Milliken had 35 in that one. Draper had 16. Stewart had 6. And again, Weeblehouse, uh, 0. And they shot eight of twenty-seven from three. This team really does go uh, live and die by the three because you're going to look at those two-point field goals at the end of the season, and the percentage of their made twos that Milliken is going to have compared to everybody else is going to be absurd. Seen them play so many times, it's like you know, it's if it's not going in, at some point they will. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically that's well, that's how they shoot it. What happened on Saturday? Seventy-eight, fifty-two against Utan. Uh, Milken twenty-four, Stewart nineteen, Draper twelve, Weeblehouse eight, fourteen to thirty-one from three. Yeah, well, so that, that's that's kind of that's, that's kind of the way that it goes. Real quick, as we hear the music queued up, obviously the two marquee games: Westside Prep and and Central and Miller North. Or you have something else? Yep, those are the the two biggest one in A. You've got Lincoln Northeast, Lincoln Southwest is a big one for Lincoln on Thursday, and then top end uh, Gretna against. Elkhorn South on Thursday and against Papio South on Friday. That's kind of the back end of the top 10 there. Um, the one I'm going to tonight, uh, big one in C2. You got number one, Humphrey, Lindsay, Holy Family, 12-0. and 0, One of the, I think them and Scudder, the only yeah, undefeated the only teams undefeated, left. Yep. Against number three, Howells Dodge, who are 12-1. and 1, And this was a rescheduled game. Yeah. So there's a rescheduled game from a few weeks back when there was snow or a month back or whatever it was. Um, looking forward to seeing that one. That'll be a huge one. Uh, down there in C2. So um, it's good good week of games coming up here. Yeah, we'll be back on our normal schedule next week. We'll be there on a Monday. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. It's Nebraska Preps postgame. A Huda Media Production.